Welcome to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. My name is Kadi, and I'm so excited that you decided to tune in with us today. Do me a favor, subscribe to our channel, drop a comment below, and go to our website at freelifechapel.org to find out more about what's happening at our church. We want to be able to connect with you and live the free life together. We have an amazing message just for you. I hope you're encouraged. Anybody, anybody around, you still, were you, anybody watch the uh, Apollo take off and go to the moon in 1969? Anybody here, you saw that? Okay, okay, we got a few. All right, OG's in the house. It's all good. Very cool. That, like, that actually happened, like landed on the moon, and that is the goal behind the Artemis, the, the new rocket they're trying to kick off. Uh, they, they postponed the, the, the launch a few times. They just postponed it again. Uh, in my head, duh, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it is hurricane season in Florida. Anyway, uh, we'll see if it, if it gets off the ground. We've been in, in this series, we've been talking about a couple different things. First of all, relaunching our faith. How many know faith can get old really fast? We all just, we just begin to settle in and it loses its vibrancy. We talked about how to relaunch your faith in week number one of this series. Week number two, we talked about relaunching our family. Get your family going again. Let's go, let's go. Get laughter back down the hallways of the house. Become one again, unified. Let's get this done. We talked about that last week. Today, I want to talk to you about relaunching your future. Your future. You do have one of those. Yes. Yeah, it's called a future. Uh, that means it, there's something new coming. I, I, I know we know that, but I just want to ask you a question. Do you know that? Because many times we live as if there is no future. We live as I'm sucking air and paying taxes and getting through today. That's the goal. And can I tell you, there's something to live for more than that. Okay, you're going to have to help me. I just turn to three folk and tell them, I think he's talking to you, Wilbur. Wilbur, he's talking to you right now, so uh, you got a future. you got a future. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. That rocket, the Artemis that is built, it's $20 billion to build that daggone thing. That is not a hotel. You can't go buy a ticket and just go, go sit in it and go, ooh, can y'all hit those inches again? Oh, that was fun. That's not what that's for. They built that machine. They built that rocket. They built that vehicle for something other than this world. It's built for another world, literally. It's built for something outside of this existence. It is universal. It, it's to go higher. It's to get out of here. I know it's here now, but it has to have a launching pad to get out of here and to get there. And that's exactly what that rocket is for. It's tied to another world. That's what its purpose is all about. But guess what? You too. No, you, you straight do. Your, your, your future, your future is out of this world. Sorry, it sounds very punny, I know, but, but just hang with me. It, it's out of this world of fear. It's out of this world of lack. It's out of this world of low thinking. It's out of this world of no dreams. It's out of this world of loneliness. It's out of this world of burnout and just going through the routine. No, you were built for another world, not this world, the next world. But the only way to get there is to relaunch your life and get off of this and get into that. That's going to take some work, but we'll get there together. How, how do you get off the ground? How do I start moving? Well, we got to understand a few things. Attempting to win in life by trial and error is the worst strategy of all. 
If you needed to call someone on the phone, uh, you, you don't just start randomly picking up your phone and just hitting digits hoping one day you'll, you'll make it. It doesn't work that way. They have this thing called Google. You can Google anything. You can Google anybody. And with a little bit of information, back in my day, we had this thing called the phone book. Y'all don't even know what that thing is right now. You don't even know what a phone book is. Remember, y'all remember the yellow pages? <laughs> Isn't that funny? We used to hold doors open with them and everything else, right? Hit kids over the head. No, we didn't do it. It's just, it was just a big book in the house. Watch. You, you go to a source of information so that you can find out the number, not a number, the number, and you go after it and you make the call. There's no time to, to just randomly be running through life and expect that you're going to hit exactly where you want to go. You're going to have so many wrong calls. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're doing in life. We're making so many wrong calls because we're not going to get the information that gives me the direct number that I need to get the exact access to the person that I'm looking for. We've got to begin to get more specified with life. That, that's why you need to understand fun and vision and goals and passion absolutely prove nothing in life. They prove nothing. There's people that are having fun. They've got, they'll tell you their goals, their vision. They're just going hard. But let me help you with something. Running the wrong direction enthusiastically is ridiculous. Whoa! There's a cliff coming, Slick. I know! No, 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 no one, you understand. Maybe you've seen the videos. Football game. Team fumbles the football. And all getting banged around, one of the other players from the other side, defense picks up the ball that the offense fumbled. Whoa, he got the fumble. And he starts running the ball to the end zone. The only problem is he got twisted around. He's running to the wrong end zone. And now his team is chasing him to tackle him before he crosses the goal line. And he don't understand. He thinks it's the opponents trying to chase him. So he's running. He's having a blast. He's watching himself up on the, the big screen like, man, I just got. The, and he gets tackled, but still didn't realize. He gets up all celebrating because of what he did. Didn't realize it was his own team that had to tackle him because he's about to lose it all. You see, life throws so many hits at us. And we can get bumped and turned and twisted so many times that we're running with excitement, running with passion, excited about it, seeing our face on the screen, but don't realize it's the wrong direction. And ladies and gentlemen, 38 years is too long to run in the wrong direction. 3.8 years is too long to run in the wrong direction. You don't have time for the wrong direction in relationships, in your career, certainly not in your faith. Ladies and gentlemen, we can find the pinpoint. Stop playing pin the tail on the donkey with your faith and decide and discover this is God. God's plan for my life. Let's go do that. Let's get out of this world and get into everything he said I can have. We can live this life. we got to relaunch our passion to progress in life. We're too sedate. We settled in. We just, we, now, 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 instead of having dreams, we just have excuses. And so, you know what an excuse is? An excuse is an alibi to make you feel good about living in mediocrity. And we can pull out that American excuse card and we can swipe that thing all day long. Look, mm, I just charged me another one. And the only problem is the interest is really adding up on that. And you get to the end of the life and you got more excuses than you do things to show with what you could have done, who, you, who God made us to be, talent, ability, all of these things that God packaged in us. We need to get more out of life. That's exactly what we do. So if we're not relaunching, then we're settling. We, 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 we're just settling in and we're not experiencing all that God has. We, we have to believe that we were made for more than where we're living right now. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad for where you are. Because where you are was the goal from last year. Just to get here. 
That's good. But ladies and gentlemen, today becomes the enemy of tomorrow unless we keep growing and so unless we keep launching, unless we keep moving in life. It'll happen for your marriage. Where you're celebrating right now, you'll be fighting in, t in six months if you don't keep moving, if you don't keep growing. Your money, that's really, oh my God, this is wonderful. It can leave your life right now just that quick if you don't keep moving in life. Education, career, relationship with kids, single folk, listen to me right now. Keep growing. Don't you wait on Boo, Peanut, or Mildred. Don't wait on any of them. You got to keep moving your life forward. You better keep going. Can I tell you who you should be dating right now? You should be dating Toshiba and a girl named IBM and AT&T. You need to be dating them and let God bring the right one into your life while you're doing that. Chase that career. Grow that life. Keep moving forward. You don't put anything on hold for it. No pause button for anybody. I was waiting on some parents and grandparents to say, amen. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's true. You'll never experience your God-designed future unless something changes. Unless something changes, you're going to live limited. Years ago, I worked, I worked for, this, uh, for, for Terminex. When I was going through college, I did everything in the world from construction to yeah, dishwasher. I, I did it all. Any, anyway, I, wor I worked for Terminex and I had to drive a big old, back in the day, a big orange truck and they had a great big bug on top that was wearing a top hat and a tuxedo. It was the most embarrassing thing in the world. And I'm driving this truck around and I'm killing bugs and termites and everything else. And, but the thing that frustrated me is I was working in an area, I had to drive the interstate a lot. They had this thing called a governor on the truck. And the governor is where it limits the speed. Leroy, you would have hated this. It limits the speed on a vehicle. Where you can't, I, I couldn't go over 72 miles an hour. <sighs> I mean, when you, when you got a Volkswagen Beetle passing you, do you understand that hurts? And I've got this thing floored, and 72 is the most I can get out unless I'm going downhill. I might top 73. Oh, I think I see 74. Like, that's the best I could do because a limitation was placed on my ability. See, there'd be no reason for a governor to be put on the vehicle if the vehicle didn't have the ability to exceed what the governor was going to hold it back to. The, 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 the speed limit signs you see on the streets, those signs are there because you fully have the capacity to exceed that number. You could go faster. If you didn't have the ability, there'd be no reason for a limit to be placed in pl there. This is why you have limitations you're running up in in life. And you got opposition and you got things that are backing you up because you have the ability to hyper exceed those things in life. And they're coming to hold, to shut down, to push you back, to keep you locked into a place when you were made to get out, break out, and hyper exceed all of those things. You and I've got to change our mind and stop making excuses why we're going to settle here and act like we're enjoying it when the truth is you were made to get out of this world into the next world and live up to God's plans, not down to your circumstances. We've got to change something here. There's a man that began to experience this. God called a guy named Abram out. And he goes, look, I got a plan. I want to put a, give you a, a, a birth a nation through you. I want to, I want to just completely re, rewrite this entire book. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 and 14, check this out. Here's what he told him. The Lord said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign country. They will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. But I will execute judgment on the nation that they will serve. Afterward, they will come out with many possessions. How many you know verse 14 sounds better than verse 13? 
Give me my stuff right now. Hey, I, I, got, I, got, I got me. You know your home is what you call a got me museum. I got me one of them. I got me one of them. Just go. And so we enjoy our got me museums. And that's what God said is I'm going to, I'll take care of the nation. I'm going to punish them. I'm going to deal with that. And when you come out, you're coming with all the gold, riches, wealth, all that. We like that verse, but you can't skip verse 13. Verse 13 says they're going to be strangers in a foreign land. They're going to be enslaved and they're going to be impressed. I don't like any of that stuff. That hurts. That stinks. Verse 13 sucketh. Verse 14, hey, it's, you understand that it's like this is tough. There are you put them back to back. God said this is going to happen. Here's what happens in the storyline. I'm going to just paraphrase for you. In Exodus chapter 1, the very next book, we see this actually coming to pass. Don't miss this because in what, inside what I'm about to tell you is a key to changing your entire mind about where you're going in life. In, in, in Genesis 15, God makes the promise. Strangers, oppressed, dealing with all this, this slavery, that's what's going to happen. Now in Exodus chapter 1, all of Israel is in Egypt. And they are oppressed. It's true that they're going through this thing. They're enslaved and oppressed. In fact, Exodus 1 spells out they're enslaved and they're oppressed. Taskmasters that are coming down hard on them. That was a reality. People were crying, complaining, where is God? He doesn't care. And the, and the mess continues. Then later on in, in, in Exodus chapter 2, along comes another guy named Moses. Y'all heard of Moses? We're going to call him Mo. Mo comes along and God says, I got a plan with this guy to do something that's not happened yet. I'm raising up a deliverer. Moses, he's born during this time. He grows up during this time. He ends up leaving Egypt, getting out, and he meets a guy who has these, these amazing looking uh, daughters. And he meets one named Zipporah. What's up, Z? And so all of a sudden, he and Z got, they're hooked up right and they're doing it. And, and, and it looked a little bit like Cindy. It looked a little bit, in my mind, looked a little bit like Cindy. And so uh, Mo and Z hooked up, right? Like, hey. And so now, they got this thing going on and they spit out a baby called and they named him Gershom Mo and Z had G do you understand like okay I'm, I'm not sure how they, uh, so, so they, they got they, they have a baby named Gershom and this is all happening now in Exodus 2 so watch this Genesis 15 they're going to be strangers they're going to be enslaved they're going to be oppressed three things specifically God said in Genesis 15 Exodus chapter 1 Nothing is mentioned about strangers, but they are oppressed and enslaved Genesis, in, in Exodus 1. Exodus 2, Moses comes along, hooks up with Z. They have Gershom. And the reason they have Gershom is Exodus 2, 22. And she, speaking of Z, bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said... I have been a stranger in a strange land. What? Here's what you need to know. Immediately following this verse, God steps down. He says, now Moses, let's go get my people out. What, what's the story? What are you saying, Scott? You're, you're talking a lot. In Genesis 15, God says three things will happen. Strangers, oppressed, enslaved. Exodus 1, we see oppressed and slaves going on but nothing mentioned about strangers. God did not move in Exodus chapter 1 because they cried. God was not moved by the limitations and the difficulties and the injustice going on. He wasn't moved by that. When was it that we see God move? God moved after Moses had a son named, Gersh, named him Gershom because he said, I have decided, I have arrived at the conclusion, we don't belong here.
We were made for something more than this. And the moment that Moses decided we are strangers in a strange land, we were made for a place of promise. We were made for a place of greatness. We were made to be able to dream. We were made to get uh, the limitations off of our life. Taskmasters gone. Bondage gone. The pain broken. We were made from, we are God's chosen people. Are you kidding me? We're not living down to this. We're going to live up to the promise. And the moment Moses identified that we're strangers, that's when God said, that's what I was waiting on. That's why you're here, Moses. I brought you on the scene so you would see something different. Pain, it happens in life. Oppression, it happens in life. But until you identify, I was made for more than this, and I'm not making excuses to stay in it, I will push back, and I will overcome, and I will hyper-exceed this. That's when God says, now I got my boy. Now I got the mindset I've been looking for. Now we can go play ball with Pharaoh. Oh, we're going to bust him up. I got some plagues right here. I've been waiting to do this for just a minute. I've been loving my phone. It's been 430 years you've been in bondage. 430 years you've had the enslavement. I've been waiting on one person for 430 years to discover I don't belong in this. God is greater than the situation. I was made for more. I'm not settling in this. I'm going to live and have everything he said I can have. Would you turn to five folk and tell them, stop settling, stop settling, stop settling. That's when it changed. And God moved. Ladies and gentlemen, until you and I change our minds about where we are, you will live in that for the rest of your life. And we're going to, why doesn't God care? Oh, he cares. He's just waiting on you to line your mindset up with his mindset so something can be released into your life. But you got to have a mindset bigger than your present situation. I'm going to say that again. you got to have a mindset bigger than where you are right now. you got to see further than what others around you have been seeing. you got to be able to talk bigger than what you've experienced in life. I'm speaking out of my expectation, not my experience. That means I'm going to out-talk where I am. And I'll tell you, take a picture right now because come back in three weeks, it's going to be a whole different situation when you come back around here because something's about to change in my life. If something is leaving, someone is leaving, Some I'm making some change. I'm, I'm no more mediocrity in my world I'm living up my future is being relaunched that's what God said I'll have every promise in that book God wasn't teasing when he promised but he's looking for someone to agree and believe his word whose report will you believe I believe the report of the Lord oh that means some people gonna get mad at you oh yeah yeah they're gonna get upset with you well you changed I've been trying to change for a long time. What, what, you got a problem with that? We have to keep moving in life. Jesus dealt with this. In his epic message on the Beatitudes, the B attitudes, there's some no attitudes and some B attitudes. You understand? You've been around somebody with a no attitude? Like, no, that's the wrong attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the right attitude. Wrong. Jesus, okay, this is the B attitudes. And so he lists out a bunch of attitudes, another mindset we should have. One verse of scripture in the middle of all of this, he hits. And I want us to focus on it and look at this. Here, here's what he said. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. One, two, three. And you will receive. And you will find. And the door will be open to you. Now, let me tell you what Jesus did right here. He's teaching righteous frustration. His goal is to irritate the hell out of your life. That's what his goal is to do. Because until the hell leave, heaven can't step in. He said, you've been dealing with the hell long enough. How about some heaven stepping in your world? Let's go. I'm here to irritate you. That means I'm grateful for what I have, but I'm expecting more. 
If you don't expect more, if you're not dreaming more, if you're not talking more, if you're not reaching for more, then we're not doing it the way Jesus said. And he said, I'm here to stir that thing. I need you to be a little bit extra in life. You one of them. Mm -hmm, I am. Don't be dramatic, but please be extra. There, there's a little bit of a difference. So stop settling. I need you to keep reaching in life. I need you to stay on, on your game. I need you to keep looking. I need you to keep, uh, oh, oh don't, don't try me. I'll go right now. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying, oh, like, like you're ready to go. I'm not just so laid back in my lazy boy. You ever been on a lazy boy and you had like five minutes to get up out of that thing because you're like, so, you're so down. You're like, oh, well, oh, I'm coming. Oh, ah. What is it? I'm 55 and I grunt and moan more getting out of a chair now than ever in my entire life. Don't sit so deep in your chair in life that you have to work to get out of it when the opportunity comes. I need to be able to jump on that thing right now. I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for the moment that God's going to open in my life. Ask, seek, knock. Say it with me. Ask, One more time. That's what Jesus said. Let's talk about these three real quick. Number one, ask, because they're not the same. Oh, no, they're not. Ask. He says, I want, you to, I, want you to, I want you to ask. Watch this. I want you to ask for things bigger than your present circumstances. I need you to outpray what you're going through. I need you to pray from the other side of it, not from this side. I need you to look backwards on today as opposed to forward like it's never going to happen. I need you to believe that I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above. I don't just need it to be highlighted in your Bible. I need you to live that thing. Live that thing. Believe that thing. Ask for that thing. The Bible gives us a story of a guy named Jabez. The Bible says that Jabez was more honorable than all of his brothers. By the way, Jabez, his name means sorrow, painful. Can you imagine your mama naming you sorrow, you old painful thing? She might have called you that, but that doesn't mean she named you that. Like, those are like two different I've been called that before in my life. But, but like, that's your name. Like, hey, painful. Yay. Hey. That'd be horrible to answer that. Jabez did all of his life. But Jabez, even though he was called that all of his life, he had the audacity to pray bigger than his situation and bigger than the labels that were put on his life. And he said, oh, that you would bless me indeed. God, that you would enlarge my territory. That your hand of favor would be with me. That I could honor you with my life. How do you know that when your name is sorry, you don't deserve to pray a prayer like that? But Jabez didn't take a poll as to whether he should trust God or not. And he decided to go around people's opinion and go straight to the heart of God. Begin to pray what God's word said about him. And the Bible says in the final phrase of his prayer, and God answered him. What if he hadn't have prayed the prayer? He'd have lived sorrow, sorry for the rest of his life, lived painful for the rest of his life, lived limited for the rest of his life. But he prayed a prayer and decided to trust God despite what he had heard, what he had been told, and God blessed him. I, I, the, the, Jesus said, I need you to ask. I need you to pray prayers bigger than your circumstance. If you can fix it, then you don't need God. But I need you to pray for something that's out of your capacity so God actually has a job to do in your life. As long as you can handle it, God is out. But pray something big that is going to take God for that right there yes and God says give it to me for all my educators in the room let me help you the word ask here in the Greek is a verb and it's present active imperative is the is the verb tense for that which means this it, it's not just a one-time ask it's ask 
and ask again and ask again and ask again and keep on asking and keep on asking and keep on asking. It's like your two-year-old. Why? But why? But why? But why? It's, it's just stay engaged. Don't drop it. Stay on that. Keep pushing. It's like a child to a parent. That's exactly what the, rep- the, the relationship is here given in this verb context. It's a child looking to a parent who knows the parent has the ability, but the child keeps coming back. Mommy, can I have? Daddy, can I have? Mommy, can I have? Daddy, I need. Mommy, I need. But God, he please. And, and they keep on coming on, coming on, coming on. And it's not that you have an evil parent. It's that the parent is trying to teach the child, keep coming after me. Just keep pursuing me. That's exactly, just stay connected to me because I am the source in your life. Not them, not her, not it. Not, no, no, me, right? Just keep coming back to me. And that's exactly what God is saying. Keep coming back to me. So, so here's the question. How do I ask Jesus so that I can receive? You pray big prayers that honor him. Ladies and gentlemen, our prayers are too small. If God gave you everything you prayed for for the past week, would it radically impact your world or would it just be more nice? It's time to start praying miracle prayers. It's time to start asking God for things that nobody can give you. It's going to take God for this. Able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. You need to pray prayers so big that you would be embarrassed to tell someone what you just prayed about. Like if I told them that, they'd think, oh my God, they done lost it now. You so extra. Mm-hmm, I am. That's how we roll. Ask. The second one is seek. Seek. Matthew 7, seek and you will find. I, 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 would, I, I sought out Cindy for a long time. That girl was on the move. That's all I got to say. I, 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 it was my seeking Cindy, watch this, that allowed me to find Cindy. And obviously it worked because we had 28 years, girl. We're still doing this thing. Hey. But, but, but here, here's the, watch this, watch. I was seeking Cindy not because she was lost. She wasn't lost. I just didn't know her like I wanted to know her yet. And the more I got to know her, girl, the more I wanted to know her. Wepa, que paso? Tu tienes mi corazón. Let's sit back here. It's my seeking that was proof of my desire to be close to her. Wanted to be around her. You see... Pursuit is proof of desire. Pursuit is proof that you really want something or you want to go somewhere. That's why Jesus said, come after me, you'll find me. It's not because Jesus is lost. He's always available. One of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. It's not that he's lost. It's not that he's removed. But just because he, he's with you, he, it doesn't mean you know him. You and I, we've got to discover his voice. Come after him to discover his ways. I want to learn more of his thoughts. I want to discover his heart. I want your will for my life. I want to think your thoughts. We, we, get, we seek him so we can uncover the reality of him. I don't want a surficial Sunday religious experience with him. I want to know him in my Monday, in my marriage, in my kingdom kids, in my money, in my health, in my mind, because of that co-worker, I need to know you, Jesus. That's what he wants to do, to discover who he is. By the way, seek here is also the present active imperative, which means seek and keep on seeking and keep on seeking and keep coming after him, keep coming after him until you find him. That's why the word says in Psalm 27, my mind recalls your words, seek my face 
So your face, Lord, I will seek. Psalm 34, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Psalm 105, seek the Lord, his strength, his presence continually. Stay after him. Don't get tired and quit. Stay after him. Show up again on Sunday and show up again in that devotional time and show up in that life group. I'm coming after you, God. I need to know your voice. My thoughts are messing me up. Your thoughts are blessing me up. I need everything you've got from my life. I'm coming after you, God. This is how you seek to find him. How do you seek to find him? You get involved in what Jesus loves. That's where you'll find him. When I wanted to spend more time with Cindy, it's amazing how I started liking the food she liked. Wanted to go to the place that she enjoyed going. I didn't give a rip where I wanted to go wherever she is. That made that place exciting for me. Oh, I'm loving this. Yes. Shoes. Okay. It's amazing the interest that you have when your heart is connected. When your heart is after God, it's amazing what changes you'll bring into your life. Because I want to be where he is. In his presence is the fullness of joy. In his presence is peace and healing and rest. In his presence, I have answers and wisdom flowing. Put me in that. I'll change whatever. I will delete whoever. I will step around whatever. I just need to be where he is. Do the things that attract his attention. Talk more about him. Think more about him. Get around those who also want to talk about him. Have people that are that influence in your mind, in your life. Life groups, that's a Jesus thing, I promise you. Coming to church, that's a Jesus thing right there. Worshiping when we come on Sundays, that's a Jesus thing. Giving, all of that stuff is connected to his heart. And when you do what his heart is, you're pursuing, you're seeking him. And he says, if you seek me, you're going to find me. Can you imagine what that collision is going to be like when you run into the very one you've been seeking and he's sitting there with open arms waiting on you to run right into the next season of your life? He's findable. Which brings us to point number three. Knock. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Again, present, active, imperative. Do you know what that means? It means you don't quit. You never knock on the door this way. What's that? A bird flew into the house. That, that's, that, that was no knock. No, according to what Jesus said here. Coming after you, Jesus. You ever gone to someone's house to see them and their car is parked out front? You walk up to the door and back up and they don't answer. You hear the TV on inside the house. You hear kids screaming. You hear all kinds of foolishness happening. And you know that you know their home. You know their home. People are looking out the blinds and shut that like and like. You know you go right back to pounding again on that door. I'm just, no, 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 I'm not going to knock until you come in. Can I tell you something? Y'all, I saw his car. Jesus is home. And you just got to keep on knocking. And any minute now, he's going to open that door. He said, the door will be open to you. You just got to keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking. That means I'm knocking not with frustration. I'm knocking with anticipation. That just any moment now, the door's going to open. And what I've been believing for is about to hit my, oh, I know you're in the house. You told me to knock. And I'm going to 
keep knocking until you show up. I'm going to keep believing. Every knock, you've never wasted faith in your life. You've never wasted a prayer in your life. You've never wasted a repetitious, God, I trust you. God, I honor you. I'm coming after you. Every time you keep declaring those things, even when it hasn't happened yet you know that he's able he's good he's faithful he's not a man that he should lie he's not the son of man that he should repent if he promised a thing he will make that thing happen he will bring it to pass trust it rest in it ask seek knock ask seek knock ask seek knock and relaunch your future and get back to where you're supposed to be living in life this is the word you see your preferred future is not coming automatically. You can't stay where you are and live it at the same time. In fact, there's no reason for you or I to have more than we have right now. This is it. It will never get any better than this unless you and I pursue. We have no right to anything we don't pursue in life. Education health a relationship no right to anything you don't pursue and our faith in fact Jesus said ask seek knock and these things would happen I can also tell you that means this if you don't ask it won't be given no reason for you to expect answers from heaven if you're not asking for it he told me to ask, and he would give it, but ask first. If, if you don't seek, you'll never discover him. You'll never know any more about Jesus than you do right now if you don't go after him. If you're happy with where you are, good, enjoy that. You're done. But if you want more, he's available. He said, seek me. If you don't knock, no more open doors for your life. You're done. Finances, done. Family, done. Lid on your life. Lock it down. Enjoy. But I'm not hanging out with you. I got to go. There's some people in this room that are going to ask, seek, and knock because I'm not staying here. I will not be here 365 days from now in the same situation, the same place that I was right now. I'm going somewhere with my life. And I'm not going somewhere because I'm that great. I'm going somewhere because God is good. And Jesus told me, he showed me the key. How do I leave here and get there? How do I get off the ground and relaunch my life? Ask, seek, and knock. And he said, if you do that, things will be open. If you do that, answers are coming. If you do that, you're going to find me. And I'm all up in the mix and we'll change everything if you'll just follow me and you'll pursue me the way that I said to do so. It's a game changer. Stand to your feet if you would. I'm, I'm done with this. True story. There was an eagle that had been captured. Needed some rehabilitation. They brought the eagle in and they did a lot of work with it. And it ended up being about a 10-year period of time that they had this eagle in a captured state. It's a true story. They took the eagle out. They had it in a box. They were going to release the eagle back into nature in the wilderness this is out midwest they took they took this eagle up to a high peak where eagles it's their terrain on this high high peak out close to the edge took the front of the crate off where the eagle was and the eagle sat there in the crate looking one of the people who had been working with that eagle for years 
was able to get their hand in behind and help to coax the eagle out and push it out and it, and it, it, it stepped out on the rock right in front of the crate and it stood there perched head in the air just striking that head back and forth big majestic bird wings strength muscle just standing there just majestic they said the eagle sat there for hours they were waiting on this eagle to take flight and it was just standing there looking looking taking it all in they said they did everything they could to try to coax the eagle to move wouldn't do anything but then something happened they said that while the eagle was standing there just looking around, because it was just cavernous as they were looking over this, this forestry, this wildlife area, above the eagle's head, another eagle came soaring in and let out this scream that only eagles can do. And they said that when that scream hit, when that shriek came from the eagle in the sky, the eagle that was on that perch immediately threw his head up and turned his body towards that that he heard and instantly opened its wings and went off the side only to swoop down and take off right up into the sky and met that other eagle and they took off. Nothing that they could do on the ground did anything to launch the eagle. The eagle needed to connect with a voice higher than his in order to be encouraged to take a step and try something that it had not done for years. Maybe you feel like you've been caged for years and maybe you feel like you've been through so much and you're just glad to be sucking air and still here right now. But I'm telling you that today God has put you out on the edge and there's a day for you to move. You don't have to live in the box. You don't have to live caged. It's time for you to get into everything you were made to be. Those wings need to stretch. You have the capacity. Just because it doesn't feel right doesn't mean it's not right. It's different. You just haven't experienced it before. It's time to get back to discovering who you are and who he made you to be. And here's the deal. Today, heaven is calling your name. There is a voice. This is not the voice of Scott. The voice of heaven is screaming at you, go! The voice of heaven is screaming at you, fly! Do not stay here again. Break the curse off your family. Change the course of your life. Change your mind. Get up here. It's my promise over your life. Let's go. Heaven is screaming your name today. And if you and I will buy into what God's word is, not man's word, not just self-help, not pop culture, what God's promises are, ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, knock. I can get to everything he said I can have, and I can fly and soar with him, and I'll have that life that I was always intended to live. Ladies and gentlemen, you can have that. Change it for your life. Change it for your kids, because here's what you need to know. When Moses finally understood, I'm a stranger in a strange land, it wasn't just about Moses breaking free. It was everyone behind him that he would lead out as a deliverer. And I want you to understand your breaking through and changing your mind is about your kids and it's about your grandkids It's about your family. It's about your your co-workers. It's about family of choice family of origin You've got a whole crowd that will follow you if you'll decide to take the step Somebody has got to become the deliverer in our family Somebody has got to change our mind as for me and my house. This whole thing is turning around Need to hear that voice today you're not hearing Scott Thomas talk to you. This is heaven screaming, fly, fly, fly. Ask, see, knock. Jesus, today we need you. We need you. We need you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity that you've given us to be released from everything that holds us down, that's held us hostage, that's held us back today. 
We speak your life. We speak your hope. We speak your truth. We speak your advance. And in this room, I pray that people in this room and those online, they're not hearing Scott's voice. They're hearing yours as you're calling them higher. That today we'll take that risky step of launching into everything you've called us to. And we will break out of every piece of bondage and get out of all limitations. And we'll become who you called us to be so we can help lead others to that next level. We ask big today. We're praying big prayers. We're seeking you so that we can know you. We want relationship with you. We want to discover your heart. And we're going to keep knocking. We're going to keep after you. We're going to keep pursuing. We're not letting up. We're coming after you day in and day out because we know your home and doors are going to open. Thank you today for the way. Thank you for the schematic. Thank you for the plan. Thank you for showing us how to experience all of you. No excuses today. We're coming at you. God, I pray for a righteous frustration that would just melt into every heart and mind in this room and online. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on and celebrate him today and his promise.